Liam Dan is the New Zealand Herald business editor and he's written a piece about why Australia's economy will recover more quickly than our own. But this is a classic case of don't just read the headline, make sure you read the article. And Liam Dan joins us now. Good afternoon. Hi, guys. Yeah, definitely that headline uh, from the <laughs> correspondence I'm getting, it winds a few people up. Uh, I guess it's the trans-Tasman rivalry, which uh, you can't go past uh, with yeah. Kiwis a little bit. Hey, well, should, should we be comparing ourselves constantly with, with Australia when it comes to our economic recovery? Well, I've seen it quite a bit and seen it done quite a bit. And then I saw BNZ Economists actually did a really good um, comparative one, which also had a bit of a provocative headline. And it just made it very stark and clear that, um, you know, you had to look at the economic structures of the two countries. And we've just had so much more of our export earnings blown out of the water by tourism. Um, so BNZ's numbers were um, something like 20% of our total export earnings. So that's 6% of our GDP. Less than 2% of Australia's GDP is tourism. So, mm. you know, and we're also a much bigger exporting nation um, in terms of, you know, less domestic economy. And so... Starting from that point, you would absolutely 100% expect Australia to be able to recover better. So in a way, I'm trying to sort of get that out of the way and then look at where we go from there. Do we know, actually know how much the Australian economy contra- has contracted compared to ours? Because obviously we, we went to a lot more severe lockdown. Well, I think the reality is we're only um, really um, speculating about how much either economy has contracted because we're so far behind with GDP numbers. So economists are doing a lot of looking at... Um, the most live data they can get, because all the you know historic data, anything before March is just blown out of the water. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, it's very hard to say. I mean, in the long run, we will see, and it may be measured in things that are um, uh, you know bigger and all that more well-being budget kind of stuff too. Because as, mm. as you're talking about with um, other people there, yeah. um, you know, the, the world will look at things that way a little bit as well. But um, economically, you know, in, in pure financial. You know, the money coming into the country and the hole that it leaves. It's interesting. New Zealand probably has lost more um, of its export earnings, a bigger chunk, than any other developed nation I can think of. I'm looking at that headline because online the headlines can switch around because I think they have two or three. But the one I've got is Australia will recover faster than New Zealand, and we should hope it does. And is that because we rely on their coattails um, to pull us out of our, our problems? Well, the world economy is, um, you know, they're our biggest neighbour and the world economy is going to go through a flat patch and that's going to hit our exports as well. Um, So you've got the trans-Tasman bubble, but essentially also we forget because of China and and, and the prominence of America and Europe that Australia was for a long time our largest export destination and China is now, but it's still our largest two-way trade. So, but it's still, you know, that's a huge part of our um, economy. It's it's sort of like a, a... as an extension of, of the domestic part of the economy, that's hugely valuable. And, you know, it'd be mad not to hope that Australia was, was booming because uh, when, when they are booming, we will we'll get a lift off that. Liam, how much do they need us? We know we need them, but how much do they need us? <laughs> well, I've got Australian cousins and I know, you know, and, and we feel it in the sporting thing. They, they, you, you get that uh, with Australians sort of slightly writing us off as the, um, as, as, as the little kid brother or the, or the, or the um, you know, provincial cousins. But... Um, I think right now the, the feeling I get is, is, is they are super impressed with the leadership and the political um, way that the health crisis was handled. There is a lot of feeling you know, around the world, I guess, there's, there's a sort of liberal feeling around that. And I do pick that up from Australia. Um, occasionally you get the, the backlash view, which will um, provoke quite extreme columns, which uh, you know, I, I was reading one in The Australian this week that really um, slammed New Zealand's chances. But um, 
you know, broadly, uh, <laughs> they don't need us massively, but right now they need us more than usual, I think. Who would be pushing harder for the Trans-Tasman bubble? It would be us, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. But, uh, I mean, again, I think we loom a bit larger when the rest of the world is in such bad shape. And so mm. um, it would be seen as progress and a win for um, Scott Morrison as well if he could get it going. It just, um, you know, it does. it's like an extra state, at least, for um, the Australian economy. Oh, totally. Economy and if you, and, and even if New Zealand is, or rather, even if, if tourism is only 2% of Australia's total GDP, that New Zealanders make up such a massive chunk of that 2%. And and I think it's 1.2 million or either 1.5 million Kiwis who go to Australia every single year. Oh, I can believe it. You know, Mel, just even the short trips to Melbourne and Sydney must uh, must you know uh, be good for their CBDs. So when, it, when you're looking at um, domestically and and us trying to get moving as quickly as possible, how much uh, likelihood do you think the it's going to be for, that the government will move earlier than that 22nd of June deadline to move to level one? Because on the other hand, we've got people like. Professor Sir David Skegg, saying that the only people who are talking about um, going to level one are either ignorant or playing politics. But I, I think he's ignoring the sort of economics a bit, isn't he? Well, the reality is that you know humans will make a co- it won't just be the economists in the end. The public makes a cost-benefit analysis, and um, early on, I think you know as we saw with Simon Bridges, he kind of he he went too early. The public, you know, has completely rewarded this government for the for the safety um, aspect of what's gone on here. Um, in the when, well, you know, as as we see in the polls, um, but I think as time goes on, the, the number of zero cases, um, it, it it just feels. I mean, I'm not. It's like the classic joke line. I'm not an epidemiologist. Yeah. Just I'm not even a mathematician. But it it feels like well, we either have community transmission if we or we don't. Mm. Um, so I just wonder, you know. It could be could be one where the government starts to shift the goalposts a bit, and hopefully in alignment with um, you know with, with the health people as well as they feel more positive. But I, I do think it would be hard for them to get through to the twenty second now. Uh, you know, unless we yeah. see it flare up, they've probably been keeping that as a backstop. But yeah. uh, let's hope. You know, in fact, the prime minister even mentioned right at the start that there was a chance of going earlier. Yeah, actually, uh, one of the things that sort of fla- came to I, I came to my mind the other day about this whole Trans Tasman bubble because Winston Peters has been advocating for that but um, and a lot of people love the idea I've, I've had personal interests while I'd love it to open up but the other side of me uh, along with most New Zealanders I think would also be terrified that we might import a case from somewhere so really when Winston Peters plays this trans-Tasman bubble how realistically does he think that we're actually going to achieve that in the next six months? Yeah, I don't know. There's a bit of differentiating uh, differentiation politics going on in election year with with him, but um, you know, I guess again, it is a you know for the public, it's a personal cost benefit. Um, I, I don't quite feel that Australia's there yet. That's the mm. weak weak spot. I, I, you know, New Zealand uh, does seem to really be close to elimination. Uh, Australia's still having um, smaller, uh, you know, you can say per capita and things, but they're still having the odd flare up. So you, you'd you'd want to be really sure that Australia was uh, in a similar place, or at least the states that we, if we were going state by state. But you know, where things are logistically, you know, in our control, we're going to have to consider them, um, and um, you know, try and do them the best we can to make some progress. Liam, what about unemployment? So we've heard the figure of nine point eight percent said several times. Uh, what for you is the most realistic marker and what's uh, a best case scenario that's still vaguely realistic? Yeah, if I'm honest, it would, it's very hard to pick, you know, uh, and I made the point in the column, I guess, around unemployment that um, 
you know, it, it's one thing to hear a, a, an economist say, well, uh, you know, unemployment's going to double, it's going to go to 8%, it's going to go to 19%. And we've heard that a lot right since the beginning. And now you're getting, um, you know, you're seeing the, you know, the reality of what is more than 100,000 people losing their jobs. Um, and so whether it's eight, nine or whatever, the next few months are going to be really tough. So there's no great scenario there. Um, as to how we actually measure uh, the recovery success, I guess the best is you know, th that you would hope that we can hit some of those best-case scenarios. Possibly where unemployment actually lands in the next few months won't be as important as how quickly it can come back down. Um, you, know, you don't want to get stuck with that kind of persistent unemployment that we had in the 80s and 90s. One last question. And it's totally related to what you just said, is that we've heard time and time again that these will, this will be the worst recession since the, the Great Depression. Uh, other times people say it'll be the worst economic time since World War II. That, that I've often heard that we could be back on track within about three or four years, which makes it seem like it'll be nowhere near as bad as World War II nor the Great Depression. Well, yeah, I've kind of taken that tack myself. I think... Um I think it will be. It is worse than GFC. Uh, we didn't feel that as badly as as, as we might have for a ver variety of reasons. Um, but I think it, it, it's if we can do better than what we did through the um, '87 crash and through the early '90s, that would be success to me because that did become persistent. You know, we it, it took more than a decade to to sort of get the economy really going again after that crash. And um, you know, so I, I think we could beat that. So yeah, I don't quite think it's the Great Depression stuff. Um, two months ago, I guess, you know, we were ha I was having conversations with economists and they were white-faced and I was coming out of the conversations white-faced because we didn't know what would happen. But I, I think we've got slightly more optimistic parameters now.